five, four, three, two. Life is made of moments, small pieces of glittery mica in the long stretch of gray cement. It'd be wonderful if they came to us unsummoned, but particularly in lives as busy as the ones that we want to lead now, that's not gonna happen. We have to teach ourselves how to make room for them, to love them, and to live, really live. Anna Quinlan. Hey, welcome to today's podcast. This is Rob Anderson. I'm your host. One Dive at a Time, the official podcast of Neptune Warrior. Hey, just coming back off of a really, really exciting trip to Hoodsport. I love Hoodsport. And it's it's a mecca that not a lot of people really know about. You know, there's in diving, in diving, the things that tend to get all the attention and the attraction is beaches and aquamarine colored water and trigger fish and just you know that that whole tropical vibe right i mean palm trees uh swimsuits all that kind of stuff but man pacific northwest diving is not that at all by any stretch of the imagination and we're fortunate you know we we're it's about an eight to ten hour trip up to hood's port and it's worth it it's it's this place that there hood canal is a glacial ford and the way it's formed it's actually caused underwater biomes that appear nowhere else it's a place that you can go and see giant pacific octopus it's a place that has wolf eels there are you know cauliflower anemones i mean all kinds of cool stuff and on this last trip, we had a couple of divers that had some close, very, very close encounters with sea lions to the extent that the sea lions were swimming circles around them as they were diving. Kind of unnerving a little bit. You know, it's basically a 600-pound German shepherd that swims underwater. Oh, and by the way, it's not tamed. I mean, it's wildlife. And, you know, so you always have to take precautions with that. Fortunately, nobody got hurt. They had a, a fantastic experience. When Brooks and I were out there, we, we surfaced and we actually had some that were about 10 feet away. Had three of them that were 10 feet away from us that were just kind of passing through and huffing as they came through. And I think that huffing was kind of more of a, hey, stay back where you are. We're, we're good to go. But, you know, Hoodsport is just this, this magical place. I mean, I, I really enjoy it. You know, the area was discovered by Captain Vancouver. I can't remember his first name, but anyway, Captain Vancouver, who the town of Vancouver or the towns of Vancouver is named after, actually discovered that area back in 17, uh, I'm trying to remember my history here, 1790, 1795, somewhere in that time frame is when he was discovering that area. And, you know, when you think about that, that time period, I mean, as far as Europeans go, that's a very, very, you know, that's 1790s, I mean, was very, very new. I mean, our country had been born in 1776. And so, you know, 25, 30 years after that is when that area was, was being discovered. 
And I just, I find that really, really interesting. If you don't know what a, what a fjord is, it's a Norwegian word, uh, but they're basically found any place where there was glacial, uh, you know, where you had glacial movement. When you think about 13,000 to 15,000 years ago, during the last great ice age, you had all these glaciers. And as they moved and, you know, they, they, they began to retreat, they carved out these U-shaped valleys that were then filled in with water. And that's what, that's what Hoodsport is. It, it is salt water. Now, you'll get things, not only sea lions, but you'll get you know, the salmon come up that way, which is what attracts the sea lions. And then, obviously, what is attracted to sea lions is the next apex predator, which is orcas. And fjords can get very, very deep. I, I, I don't even want to try to guess what Hoodsport is. I have heard it can be 700 feet. I've heard it's been several thousand feet. I've never done research on it, but it is extremely deep. But I'll tell you what, it's an incredible place to go dive. And it was, it was a great trip. Ivan, who is working towards his dive master, actually put the trip together. I got asked, I guess I got asked about a month and a half, uh, two months ago. Actually, I got asked back in the early part of October if I was going to put together a dive for Veterans Day. And this year, I had opted not to for several reasons. One is I had not had a huge opportunity to go diving just for me. I've been putting trips together. I dealt with my sinus surgery and that kind of stuff. And I really hadn't had chances to go diving for me. And so I had planned to get away somewhere. I was actually thinking about Hoodsport, of getting away somewhere uh, by myself or with my dive buddy. And just, and just diving. And there's enough interest that Ivan put together a trip. He's working on his dive master. One of the things that I require for dive masters to do is to plan out a trip, make sure that they take care of accommodations, make sure they take care of dive planning, make sure that they take care of menus, all that kind of stuff. And Ivan got an A-plus on this. He found a great location. Per participant, uh, it wound up running about $200 and that was a Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night stay in this beautiful, beautiful uh, Airbnb or Verbo. I can't remember which one that he did. It was right on the water, had diving access to it, had fully stocked uh, you know, kitchen appliances and, and things like that. And then the guy brings in and just knocks it out of the park with his menu options. Now, a couple of us were taking turns on making stuff Ivan just kind of like took over he made this it was like a diced chicken salad that was stuffed into a bread that was amazing the next night he went all out and it was rockfish and clams I think calamari was I think calamari was on the menu I can't remember or not I mean it's just I mean just tons of seafood and then they were also able to go out and not only get the clams, but collect up oysters and collect up crab. Now, I didn't stay up late for the crab because that was a, that was a night dive, and I was done uh, but by that point. I was, I was pretty tired. And honestly, I did not get as much diving in as I had planned to. I don't, when it's trips that I'm taking for my pleasure and I'm paying, you know, paying my own expenses on it, I don't like to teach. 
I wound up having to do a dry suit certification on this one. So I did a dry suit certification. Then when I went ready to go, when I was ready to go dive with Brooks, my dive buddy, her dry suit actually had rips in it. So we had to go back to the to the house and dry it out, make dry suit repairs, and then wait, you know, wait till the next day to, to go diving. So I only got one dive on the first day. The next day I did go out and dive by myself. And then on the third day, uh, we, we had a dive we wound up having to, to abort. She was having some equipment issues on, and, and stuff, so we wound up having to abort that dive. That's when we popped up. If we'd stayed down probably another 10 or 15 minutes, we would have sea lions swimming around us because we were right in their path. When we popped up, Ivan had been recording it on his drone, and you can see our bubbles, and you see the path that they're heading. <laughs> And as we came up and, and as we started kind of drifting away from where our spot was, I mean, they came right through where our bubbles were. So, and, and that's okay. I mean, that, you know, it's, it was a great trip, Re, uh, you know, really well done. Got to meet up with some friends, Jonesy and Lacey. Spent the night at their house on Thursday night. Incredible host. Jonesy hooked me up, by the way. I have a pair of Scuba Pro Lightning fins from like 1960 that are still in the box they've never been worn the straps have never even been placed on them i mean it's like the coolest find ever so those are definitely definitely going up i think i think his intention is that i that i dive the fins which i will and the box i want to preserve the box i'm actually going to put a liner on the inside of the box so it doesn't crush or anything like that but they'll, they'll be able to to prepare or better to preserve it for us so Obviously, looking you know, looking forward to that. But it was it was a really good trip. It was a chance to get away. I did rent a vehicle. One of the things I'm finding is that on these trips, man, my Jeep just does not like long distance. I've got 180,000 miles on it right now, and I've had to do a lot of maintenance. So we rented a vehicle. Ran about $400 to fix the or to rent the vehicle. I figured that was cheaper than fixing the car. Also, it was getting 35 miles to the gallon. My Jeep gets about 12. So I think I'm money head on, on the gas. But again, Hoodsport, you know, th that region, not only for the diving, it's got great hikes. When I was down with my sinus injury and post-sinus surgery, we had a chance to go do, Brooks and I had a chance to go do some hikes and things like that. So it's got, I mean, got great hiking areas. There's amazing sunrises and sunsets in that area. You know, coming from mountain time to Pacific time, you know, we're, you know, we're automatically waking up an, an, an hour earlier. I'm an early riser as it is. But great sunrises, great sunsets. And then you've got this canal and right below the surface. You know, everything is dependent on tides. And so you've got shrimp, you've got salmon, you've got geoducks or gooey ducks. I know I always say that wrong. But you've got uh, gooey ducks. Occasionally, you'll get orcas in the area. Obviously, we had sea lions because we had them all. They were all over the place. I mean, we saw sea lions the entire time and salmon and all that kind of stuff. So there was a, there's really a lot of cool places to go out there. You've got Sun Rock, uh, which is a, is a privately owned property. It's about 20 bucks a day to, to dive out there. All that money goes to helping to keep that area preserved. You do have Octopus Hole which is a free site, but there's only a limited number of spots that you can park along the road. Mike's Beach Resort is one that we've done a lot. The house that we were at, 
uh, allow, you know, we were allowed to, to go out there and do some diving. But, you know, pl- you know, places like, you know, like, like Sun Rock, which, you know, that's a marine preserve. I think Mike's is actually a, a, a marine preserve area. Uh, you got Flagpole out there, which is another place that you can go. Just really, really cool stuff. And then if you go through a place like YSS Dive or YSS Dive and Charters, they can actually take you out on a boat uh, to go diving. But it was good. One of the, th- one of the things that I, it was, I was reminded of is that there are times where it's just nice to relax and you have to hunker down. And that's one of the things I was going to talk about in this podcast is the art of hunkering down. There are days where... You take a dive trip, especially here in the Pacific North or over in the Pacific Northwest. I'm in, we're in the Rockies, but there's times that you take dives or dive trips to, to the Pacific Northwest, and the reason why it's so green is because it rains a lot, and you may have days where you get rained out, or in our case, I mean, it got you know not only was the surface temperature of the water 45 degrees, and then once you drop down, it warms up to you know a, a, a balmy 50 <laughs> degrees. And, and then, of course, then it, then it drops on down. But, you know, there, there's this art to hunkering down. And on this trip, it was, you know, had Ivan Brooks, Jenna, who's doing her dry suit certification, and by the way, is a diver that I got introduced to diving about 18 months ago or so. And now she's progressed up through dry suit. She's also doing back plate. I, I love watching divers that I've introduced into not just the sport, not just the hobby, but the lifestyle of diving, take off and do some really cool adventures. And what she has done, I mean, she's already dove with the sea lions. She took a trip a few weeks ago to Cozumel with another diver that I got started. And she's just kind of diving all over the place. And instead of going out and doing the dry suit certification, kind of one and done or doing a couple different dives, she was in the water like all the time. And I love seeing that. The other one that went was Tamar. And Tamar, again, uh, I think I started her about 18 months ago. She finished up this last summer. Took a little while to get to, to get her finished up. But I don't rush certifications. You know, we use a coaching process. And when the diver and I both feel that they are competent and confident, that's when certification actually takes place. So certification is really earned, but it's, it's the journey and it's the path to getting there. It's not just four dives, ominous, dominus, you're done and you got a certification. There's actually a coaching process that goes into it. And when that diver feels confident and competent, that's when certification takes place. And that's, that's what Tamar's path was. And she has also been diving like crazy. But I got to tell you, she gets the, you know, just the, the gung-ho award. We're diving in the Pacific Northwest. Water temperatures ranging between 45 and maybe 50 at tops. She's wearing a 7 mil suit. And I didn't find this out till later because she was diving with, with Jennifer and, and Ivan. But it didn't really fit her. And the water flow is going through it like crazy. And she does a dive, and we have to throw her into a warm shower. Does a dive, we have to throw her into a warm shower. But I got to tell you, every time somebody was going out, she was ready to go. And I thought that that was incredible. 
one of the toughest divers I've ever seen. Now, do I do I think that's a great idea to go out there knowing that you're going to get cold and risk hypothermia? No, I don't, because it not only risks yourself, but also risks the team. But she knew her limits, and when she was getting cold, she would tell people that she was getting cold. But I got to tell you, that, that was... I mean, that was some gutsy, gutsy diving. And we got to find her a, a seven mil wetsuit. Actually, we need to find a way to get her into a dry suit at some point. And like everybody, all of us, when it comes time for dry suits, economics are, I mean, let's face it. If you can, if you can pick up a used dry suit for around 800, you're doing good. Sometimes you can get an off the shelf. That's not custom for around 15 to you know to 2k if you go up into to a dui now you're you're like a 4k so we we need to find a used dry suit for her at some point because if anybody deserves a dry suit she deserves a dry suit and so if you happen to know of a couple of used dry suits that are out there that'll fit a female i'm gonna guess size i'm gonna get crushed for this but i'm gonna guess size 10 to about size 16 i don't know I don't wear women's clothes. Let's say a 12. Let's say a 12 or a 14. Just that way she's got room to put uh, you know, a good a good base layer and, and insulation on underneath it. So if you know of a used dry suit out there, let me know. I mean, this is a diver. I'm going to get a chance to interview her at some place at some point. And I've talked about her before, how she is one of my most committed divers. Because when she was taking her dive lessons, she was having to take Uber's and buses to get to dive lessons and she did that on a very consistent basis until she was able to get a vehicle man that's somebody who wants to dive and then takes a trip to hoodsport i mean it, it was it's, it's it's just crazy what what people when people really are committed to the lifestyle what they'll what they'll go through but we did, we did have to spend a little, little bit of time hunkering down. And that's one of the things I want to talk about today is just that, that art of hunkering down. You know, I've, I've noticed that, that there are times when we're out diving or we've been diving and it gets to be the end of the day or you're starting to get tired or you're starting to get cold, starting to get hungry. One of the things that I've found that really works well is having, having a fire pit. If, if you think about it, out at Blue Lake or even the, even the dive site at Hoodsport, we had a nice little campfire going on outside. They had a nice little fire pit. And that is just such a magnet. I mean, when you think about that diving is a social sport as it is, you know, it's, it's a social lifestyle. And there's a relaxation response that comes at the end of the day when you're sitting around a campfire. A lot of you know that I used to teach survival. And so some of this is coming out of those lessons I learned in survival psychology. But there's a relaxation response that comes with fire. And it's, it's an evolutionary adaption. When you think about early humans, at the end of the day, a campfire was a magnet. It kept insects away. It kept predators away. There's a smell that goes along with it. There's a conversation that goes around the campfire. It allowed us to become a lot more social. 
it's been shown to lower blood pressure. And especially if you've got like a nice cup of hot chocolate or whatever your drink that you prefer for relaxation, it adds to that relaxation and it's a magnet to draw other divers over. I've been down at Blue Lake early winter, late fall, and I've built a campfire out there at night because I'll, I'll stay out there at night sometimes. And I'll have other divers that maybe they've been doing night dives or whatever, and they come over, and we just we have a chance to talk about the lifestyle of diving. We talked about where other people have been, where they're going to, different types of dive equipment, and sometimes the conversation goes outside of diving. But, you know, hunk, hunkering down is... It, it it just allows you that opportunity to, to decompress. And you're sitting there, you've got the flickering light, you've got the sounds, you've got that crackling sound, you've got that warmth, you've got that very distinctive smell of, of the campfire. You've got that illumination that, that's taking place. And just you can almost get into a hypnotic state with that campfire. But sometimes, you know, we, you know, we have to find other ways that, that we hunker down. And that, that hunkering down might be trying to find ways that, that we don't get bored. You know, you wake up in the morning and you just have to find a way to, to kind of, you know, find, find a way to, to de-escalate from the dive. Or you just can't go diving. That's the only thing is you wake up. And there's ice out there. It's too cold to go diving, or there's a storm that's moved through, or visibility is bad. In a case like we had this last week, you're waiting for uh, a dry suit repair to, to take place. So, hunkering is it's that art of staying occupied and not going crazy. Now we were fortunate enough that we had a really nice place to hunker down in. You know, it had a nice little balcony. It had a nice big living room. There was plenty of games and all that kind of stuff. But it's a way to stay occupied. And also a way to stay nice with your fellow divers when weather or there's other circumstances that keep you inside and you can't go underwater. And, and that art is so underappreciated, but it becomes crucial in those moments when you get stuck. Even traveling down to the Caribbean or being in an airport, all that is hunkering down. Now, the, a few years ago, in fact, I have just recently put this out on my my Instagram site about five games that you can take with you that will keep you sane. And you can always go check out Instagram to go go uh, to go take a look at that. But things like zombie dice, uh, pocket Yahtzee, uh, story dice those are those are three of the, of the things that that we've done in the past that. You know that that helps out. I mean, you know, you have you know you can level up your game, so to speak. I mean, level up games that you take. Uh, Tinsy, which is one that we use for underwater. Actually, everything I mentioned so far we use underwater. But but Tinsy is is something that you can take for hunkering down. Uh, I'm not big into into poker or other card games, and I get a lot of crap from that because Brooks loves loves to play like Texas Hold'em and things like that, and I've never learned. But you know, you know, there, there's there's different types of games that that you can uh, that you can take. Bananagrams is something that you can use. Farkle, 
all, all those are, are different types of games that you can do that kind of pass the time, especially like if you're waiting for, you know, if you're waiting for a dry suit to, to be repaired or if you're waiting for someone to get there or if you're waiting for tank fills, you know, sometimes you have to drop off tanks and go back and pick up tanks later on. So that's one of the ways. Uh, instruments. Now, uh, when I was running dives for a shop down in Texas, one of the things that they required was that if you went on a dive trip, not only did you have to be a good be a good dive leader, but they also required that you played a musical instrument. And that kept me out of a lot of trips because I didn't play a musical instrument. I was a drummer, but you know nobody wants to hear drums around the campfire. I don't know, maybe maybe some people do, drum circles and things like that, but it just wasn't what was in the repertoire uh, of, of needs for the shop that I was working for. And since that time frame, I've learned how to play the ukulele. I don't play it well, but I play it well enough that I can keep people entertained. I can play like three or four campfire songs. Sarah, one of our newest instructors, just got me this really cool book for my birthday on ukulele camp songs. And so I've been going through and learning that because that that dovetails into what I was just talking about with the campfire and hunkering down. The other thing is when you're hunkering down, prepare or plan for your next dive. It gives you an opportunity to slow down because let's face it, you get to a new area and you don't know that area well, whether it's Hoodsport or it's Cozumel or it's Rotan, you get there and man, you want to do it all. You want to hit every dive site. And if you have not planned that out, or in some cases you've planned it out, and then you hear these cool stories about you know something that was seen at a dive site, so you immediately want to go out there. Oh, hey, we saw manta rays at this dive site, and suddenly you want to go out to that dive site. Hunkering down allows you a chance to to gear it down a little bit, think about it, and plan for your next dive. The other thing is, take a nap. Because we get so wrapped up, you know, we, we get we get so wrapped up in doing the dives. We travel someplace, whether it's driving or flying. We get there, then there's this rush either through customs or getting the place set up, then getting your dive gear set up, and you do a couple of dives. Pretty soon, you're pretty exhausted. You're you're pretty you're pretty worn out. And what? can happen is you can get really cranky and and as a diver you can be open to making more mistakes because you didn't get an opportunity to dial it back you didn't get a chance to take a nap and you can get really really worn out and lack of sleep lack of food and lack of sleep causes a lot of different accidents so taking those opportunities to just dial it back is so important when you're trying to hunker down. Books. Books are also incredibly important. I love my Kindle because I can take a lot of different books with me. And if I get bored with one, I can move I can move to another. I know some divers that will take paperbacks. The place that we stayed at this last week had a great library. In fact, I I <laughs> I think I could have stayed there for like three or four days and just gone through the books and not dove at all because they had that good of a library. They had such a, of a good library, I was taking pictures of the books so I could then order them on my Kindle for the next dive trip. I mean, I've, I, between audiobooks, I think I've got somewhere around 
seven or eight hundred audiobooks that I've collected since Audible became Audible, and then I've probably got probably two hundred Kindle books, and so those those were always you know always at 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 my availability to 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 check out. Hey, I'm going to go and cut this podcast short because I've got a lot of noise going on outside, and um, the dogs. Everybody's getting home right now, and but that's the art of hunkering down. Just taking it, taking an opportunity to to dial it back a little bit, and just um, take an opportunity to plan. Take it, take an opportunity to, to enjoy the people that you're with, or if you're on a dive trip by yourself, take that opportunity to just get some time to be mindful and think about this opportunity that you have to explore some great, great regions. By the way, if you get a chance, go check out Hoodsport, especially if you're already in the Boise area or anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. Check out Hoodsport. And very quick reminder, December 10th is when we're doing our chili feed. And starting next Monday on the 21st, I'm starting a rescue class that I'm doing a partnership with Boise Scuba. Make sure you check out my website, scubarob.com. Or you can check out NeptuneWarrior.org for more information. If you're going to get in that rescue class, make sure that you sign up with Boise Scuba. I'm contracting that one. So I'll be working, be working through them. And that will be a basic rescue. It's not the advanced rescue like I teach with Neptune, but it's a basic rescue. And it's great for building up that confidence and making you competent for yourself and your buddy. All right, that's all I've got for this episode. And remember, as long as you've got air, you are all right.